Welcome to Lead to Succeed. This is the podcast to hear from the leaders of today in various fields from entrepreneurs to corporate directors. We hear their stories, lessons learned and challenges faced, as well as insights and advice to become a successful and an inspiring leader. The podcast is presented by us, Callum and Rebecca Jenkins, as we both believe that we all have the potential to be outstanding leaders if that's what we choose. We are very pleased to have Danny Matthews on our podcast today. Now, Danny Matthews is the founder and owner of Danny & Co Design Studio. It's an award-winning business and Danny is a 30 under 30. So a big welcome to you, Danny. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Yeah, my name is Danny Matthews. I always wanted to be a designer as a a kid. It was like a lifelong dream, um, which turned into me working for a decade in financial services. Um, And it ended with me, unfortunately... Uh, on my knees in central London um, with pretty much no feeling from the waist down and and I decided to then take the leap and set up Danny and Co. Um, so it's a real passion business it's something that I really care about deeply and that I believe can uh, change all parts of our lives and, and all parts of the world so um, so everything I do every day whether it's in the business with clients or whether it's for young creatives who want to take the opportunity to start their own business or to get employment that's what I work towards every day. So traits of a leader I'm not sure I've ever identified them over and above kind of beliefs and behaviours. Uh, thinking about it a little bit now, because I'm a, a branding guy, you know, I, I relate uh, traits, I guess, to brand values or things that the company or the leaders believe in. And branding always, always comes from the leader. So it's always the uh, collective view of the leader or it's the... Um, the crossover of uh, maybe they've done a workshop or, you know, these things happen all the time uh, where employees have got involved and they found out what collectively they believe in. Um, But on a traits point of view, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of one right now, but generally uh, I I don't think I've ever identified traits over and above beliefs and and behaviours of people. Uh, Certainly not a a trend or or a common theme. But I think we can identify them by their beliefs and how they explain them and, and the, the stories they tell. And, and uh, I guess a really good place to start would be things like employee handbooks. They've become somewhat of a HR paperwork nightmare, but I think you can really use them as a good way to convey what you believe in and what you expect from uh, people that work with you and what you expect from clients and, and those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think uh, to try and answer your question more clearly, I think it's more around beliefs and behaviours than individual traits of leaders that really catch my eye and, and make me interested in that. Yeah, no, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing that. And there's one thing I wanted to sort of dive into a little bit is I, I think it's quite interesting that you mentioned at the start you had sort of 10 years of experience in the financial industry and now you're kind of flipped the coin and you're doing something completely different in, in the creative side of things. Um, mm. I'm sure in the financial industry you know, you probably have some people that perhaps you quite enjoyed working with and perhaps some people you you might not have. Um, I guess, do you have any stories of people that you worked with that, you know, sort of stood out to you as being, you know, like quite a a good leader or a good manager and perhaps kind of what they were like? You know, I've probably learned more from the bad stuff than I have the good is is the honest answer. But I have come across um, some really good leaders, but not that I've worked for. Uh, Some clients are quite inspiring, actually. Um, I know uh, 
as you're aware, I'm, I'm going through the government scheme at the moment to employ people. And, and the lady who's helped me with that, who's in HR, who set herself up as a gateway, we've had many conversations around employees and contracts and handbooks, like we mentioned, and what should be in them. And, what, um, um, and I, I guess the reason that we've had so many conversations is because I have these beliefs that I want to implement in the company, but I have no way of putting that into a, a form that is legal or that that works in an employment contractual sense so we've had quite a lot of conversations and as we've done that I've got to know her beliefs a little bit more um, about how businesses should be led and how teams should be led and that kind of thing and she's become quite inspiring actually just learning through conversation Um, so that's been quite an interesting process to go through just something I never I never really expected, I, I, I yeah. guess, and especially from a HR business, which we, you know, is one of those things a bit like financial services, we consider a bit of a boring industry, but there's some really inspiring people within industries, I think, um, uh, need to need a bit of limelight, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, congratulations on, on taking on eight new people, that's a, that's a really uh, amazing thing to achieve. And in terms of uh, the beliefs that you just mentioned that you want to implement into your company and trying to get those down on paper and the, the help mm-hmm. that you've had HR person, could I perhaps explore a little bit in terms of like what you think those beliefs are? I'd be quite interested to get your opinion on how you think you would, how you think you would like to do things. Yeah, so um, some people uh, are about to hear me talk about something which may seem really alien to them, but um, has actually been brought to the forefront through, uh, through the pandemic we're going through, and that's remote working. Um, and uh, I've had this belief for a while that remote work could really work well with the right uh, culture and the right infrastructure. And I think one of the things that people are most worried about is, um, is trust, is trusting people to do the work or, or to do the job. Um, and obviously, this doesn't work in every industry. There's certain industries which it, it just doesn't um, lend itself well to. But for the majority of, I think, service-based industries uh, that can work from a laptop from anywhere, pretty much, with a few um, bits of infrastructure, communication, and setting expectations, I really believe that we can run a really um, productive remote workforce. Um, and we've seen startups and, and younger companies do this because there's less risk uh, and they've kind of proven the model. So I'm hoping to adopt that along with um, some leadership styles from people like Gino Wickman, um, who wrote a book called Traction, which has been really interesting uh, to put some, um, uh, I guess, uh, like meeting uh, <laughs> types of meetings in place and, and ways to run teams. So that's been really interesting. And um so yeah, I'm basically I'm going to do something I don't think anyone's ever done, which is to take on to go from uh, one person with three people on an outsourced team um, to a company of uh, eight employees plus plus uh, the three outsourced team and myself from nothing within probably about thirty to sixty days, all as a remote workforce. And that are all expected to hit a result. Um, so there's um, I came across a type of uh, working style called ROW, R-O-W-E, or Results Only Work Environment. And basically it says that I don't care where you work, how you work, or when you work. We set goals and we achieve goals. That's the only requirement. And I think for someone to do that, for, for me, it's brilliant, you know, very low risk. 
I can experiment with these things and I can try them out. But I, I believe so much that they will work that I, I'm putting all of the processes and procedures and infrastructure in place to do that from the get go. So I'm really excited about that, but also apprehensive <laughs> um, to see if it does work. Because at the end of the day, it's um, I have these beliefs, but in reality, um, they will need some experimentation and tweaking. Um, so that, that's generally the plan. And, and I think other people should really think about how they can do the same. I think that's been very bold, Danny. And good leadership is about taking bold action as well. So I think you're demonstrating that. And I think also one of the key principles of Roe is that it doesn't matter how much time it takes you to do them. So if you yeah. can do it in half a day, then you do it in half a day as long as you get the results. I think that's yeah. one of the principles behind it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and actually, I, I think that's probably a great opportunity as well as something which I think I'll learn as I go along. Because uh, uh, we have to think about if someone can do it in half an hour um, and they've got four hours, for example, um, what do they spend the other time doing? And how do we communicate that, um, number one, I can fill that time and number two, that they're going to come to me and, and say that it did actually take half an hour, yeah. not four hours, and be willing to take on that extra work. So I think we've really got to empower people to do the job that they want to do, not that they're being told to do, which is why the roles that I'm taking on are very specific and they're not multidisciplinary, they're not multi, um, multitasking, they're doing one thing and they're doing one thing that they want to do very well. And I think that's why it will work in the long run. Because they will, because if they're doing the thing they want to do, they want to take more work on, and they want to be rewarded for what they achieve, and and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to to recognise that. Well, we both wish you every success with that. And one of the things that we know our listeners always want to hear about are the challenges that you faced in growing your business, because it goes with the territory. If you go, if you grow a business, you are going to face challenges. Mm. So would you be happy to share some big challenges that you've faced and how you've overcome them? Perhaps maybe focus a little bit on mindset or, you know, just whatever um, you've achieved to overcome yeah. any, any big challenges in growing your business. Mm. I, I, think, um, I think being a creative and running a business is a really difficult paradox to handle. Um, I've had to overcome things which I never really expected. You know, I, I wanted to run the business, wanted to be a designer uh, I had the skill as a designer and I had the experience of running a business, but doing them together is very, very different and not something I've ever experienced before. So I've had to come to terms with uh, how I attract people into the business um, by being more creative, not being more business. So one of the things I would say is that I, I had a real... Um, I had a real struggle balancing the mindset of do I be creative to get business or do I do more of the business stuff, the lead generation, the sales, the marketing to get more business. And, and actually, I come to a realization after a while that I, I was attracting more uh, into the business by being creative 
rather than being more business. And, and that played with my, my mind a little bit to begin with, because I, I thought that's what I want to do. I want to show my work and I want to show the process. And I want people to be attracted by the talent and the skill and all those things. But I was always under the impression that you don't get business through that. You get business through good sales techniques and marketing and all these things. Um, so that was quite a, an interesting realization. And the second part uh, of that is balancing um, time, really, has been really difficult. And I, I, I understood this as soon as I came into the design world, because I started off as a freelancer. And immediately, I, I threw myself into this world where I was trading time for money. And so I realized really quickly that uh, I was never going to build a business or, or build the thing that I wanted to build that was going to make the impact that I wanted to make it, it, just me on my own. I was going to need other people around me and I was going to need to, I was going to need to leverage my time more if I was going to achieve it. Also I would spend six to 12 hours a day um, being a, doing the practical stuff, being the designer. And I would never have the time to do the things which grow the business. And that, and that was a, uh, that was a tough realization for me because all of a sudden I realized that the thing that I'd worked so hard to do to start a business doing something I really loved all of a sudden I'd have to give up that for a, for a certain amount of time until I build the leverage so I can do it for longer if you like and that's been quite a recent thing for me um, so in the last 18 months or so so I had to make some real adjustments and real decisions on giving up design work to do more leadership, more connection, more people and more conversation uh, and building another part of the business I never thought I would to enable me to design more. So that's what I've been doing over the last 18 months. And, and I think uh, it's made me realise that sometimes we do need to give up what we love for a, for a period of time to enable us to do it for longer in the future. Um, so that's been a big thing for me over the last 18 months. What has been the biggest struggle for you in that, coming to that realisation, Dan? Because I think a lot of business owners can experience that as well. You start off doing what you love and you recognise that you've got to do some of the management side or the leadership side. So what what has been the biggest, how have you come to that realisation? What did you go through to to come out and recognise that's what you needed to do? Was it a long thought process did you have people to help you with that? How did you yeah. get into that? Um, so I, I think it's always been a, a niggle, um, if you like. I think it's um, and I think it's a, a constant niggle for the for the design industry as a whole, or for the freelance industry that maybe a little bit more ambitious than just it just their business just being there. Um, so it's always been a thing in the back of my mind that yes, I'll be doing the thing I love. Yes, it, it's a interesting creative process that. You know, I just want to be able to do that for longer. But um, but I've always been aware of the fact that I would never be able to do it for a long period of time without worrying about the financial aspect and providing for the family. And, and I think that's why a lot of freelancers go back to uh, employed work, maybe, because because um, they don't find that balance of doing the marketing and the sales and then uh, doing the, the craft as well. Um, and really, the realization came when I was having a conversation with a guy from the US called Greg Hickman, and his business is um, is built to create time leverageable products out of skill. Um, and I was having a conversation, and he was 
he was saying, do you want to build a leveraged expert type business that you can run from anywhere? Um, so you don't have to do the day to day. You don't have to do the, the tasks. And I said, that sounds bizarre to me because all I want to do is the day-to-day -day tasks. <laughs> you know, all I want to do is the design work. And, uh, and after a conversation with him, I realized I'm going to have to give this up. I'm going to have to not do that thing for a bit because I'm going to have to build something that, that will give me the time to do that more, uh, as I say, in the future. So it was really that conversation with him. And, and he ended up becoming a coach of mine. And I went through a program with him to build what is now the core business, the, the brand branding program that I have. Uh, and that was a real turning point. And that happened. Uh, that only happened middle of last year, so June last year. Uh, so I invested in the business and created that product. And that's become the, the backbone that has enabled me to hire these people to do more creative work and and actually contact and work with the people I want to work with. So it's been um, quite a transformation. And, you know, you've come out, you've listened to your niggle, as it were. Yeah. There's something about it, because very often you, we can have those niggles, but we bury our head in the sand. But yeah. you looked at it and it's turned into a transformational opportunity for, for you and your business. So I think that's a key message. Listen to our niggles. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, listen to your niggles, but more importantly, you know, do something about it because it's really easy to get stuck in that 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 uh, hamster wheel of going to get money, paying the bills, doing the craft, and then going back to paying the bills again. And, um, and I yeah, think, so, sorry, Danny, that can get a bit wearisome, and it can mm -hmm. have a demotivational effect on on many leaders caught yeah. in that when they thought having their own business was going to be much more fun what what are the um what pieces of advice would you give to business owners looking to take their business forward or people in roles and aspiring to have their own business and aspiring to become leaders of their own organization what, what advice would you give them um one of the biggest things for me is knowing what the point is of doing it. I do a lot of work around purpose now and it, and to some people it always seems a little bit deep and a little bit um, uh, uh, very uh, kind of woo-woo and, and spiritual. And it really isn't. It's, it's really just knowing what we're working towards uh, in the grand scheme of things. And a lot of people get purpose mixed up with things like your vision and mission. And obviously being a branding guy is something I work with, but it's um it's clear to me that uh, a lot of people don't either never find their purpose or don't know how to find it um and anyone who's looking to start a business especially one that they love and they want to enjoy and they want to endure for the long term my biggest tip is find the thing that really drives you figure out what the point of doing it is because in the times where you might be in the hamster wheel for a little bit or doing the doing the hard work or the the tough work that you have to do whether it's people management or whatever it might be um sales and marketing it will keep you going it's a it's a really good north star type thing to have um and for me it's always been moving advancing humanity in some way through creativity and that that's done in a million different ways um, so it really helps me to stay focused. And I think uh, for other people, it would help It would help them as well to have that in place. Oh, I like that a lot. I mean, having that vision, mission and your purpose 
really, as you say, does keep you motivated in tough times, being able to go back to that and reflect on it and reconnect with why you're going through all of this and why you're putting yourself through it. Because we all have those days, don't we, when, we're, when we can find it a bit tough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I should say, I think that really ties into your point earlier on, doesn't it, about when you said about how freelancers can sometimes, you know, go back to like employment because, you know, you've, you've kind of got that security, you know, you've got uh, a salary coming in, which can be kind of quite a difficult trade-off, isn't it, as you said, about, you know, wanting to do the, the creative side of things, but also having to spend time on the marketing and the business. And all that sort of stuff, I think, as you said, when you're going through that slog and having your why as to why you're doing this, what's your reason behind it, will help sort of sideline those doubts, I think, and keep you um, keep you pushing through. Yeah, I, actually, I would say that one of the hardest things to do, probably harder than starting a business without uh, another income, without another job, is starting a business when you're in a job because it's very, very easy to get comfortable again. And it's very easy to just say, oh, it's, it's not working, so I'll just, I'll just stay in my job and I'll find something else. Um, so sometimes it's harder to do that than it is to just jack in the job and start a business because as much as it sounds quite um, contradictory, I think it's easy when you're focused on earning money to earn money because you're just going to earn money. <laughs> but when you're already earning money and trying to start something new, the distraction is is uh, more prominent. Um, so without that North Star and without a real compelling reason about why you're doing something, it's very easy to, you know, just kick back and relax and yeah. uh, and rest on the, the salary that you're getting. I think it's a comfort thing as well, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. You want to push yourself and try and create that business, which means you know you're gonna to have to stay up late or get up early in the morning to put yeah. that time in. You know, there's always you can always say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week or next year or whatever. I think mm-hmm. it's having the desire to be uncomfortable, isn't it? To push yourself to do that, to do that thing, not just rely on the the income that you're currently getting in, sort of push yourself to, to kind of go above and beyond, which I think sort of ties into what you just said really. Um so no, I, I very much agree with that. I think that's a really good point. We've loved everything that you've shared with us, Danny. It's been really insightful. And uh, listening to your niggle and taking action, making a leap into something that you feel uncomfortable with are some of the key messages that, that are coming through. And we wish you every success with the new employees that you're going to be taking on. Is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners, any sort of exciting project that you might have on the go? I mean, taking on eight people is exciting in itself. But is there anything you'd particularly like to share or how listeners could get in touch with you if they wanted to find out more? Yeah, sure. So um, actually, I, I plan to, well, because it's such an experimental process of me um, uh, not becoming a leader, I guess, but really um, putting what I've learned from, from history into place and experimenting with these things, um, I'm actually going to be documenting everything. Whether I do that live and people get a view of it or whether I'll compile it later on and, um, and put it together, I don't know. But if you want to follow that, I, uh, you can follow me anywhere. I'm at the actual Danny everywhere, pretty much. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn is, is a really good place to go where I'll be sharing that journey. Um, but if you want to get started with branding, just go to the website dannyand.co forward slash scorecard and you can start with a scorecard there, which is a, a great place to go to understand a little bit more about maybe your values and where um, where your uh, business starts, really. Thank you for that. And I will certainly be watching out for your documentary on, on the uh, new process that you'll be going through with your team. That's going to be really interesting. And I, I love your values as well. And I feel very confident 
that they're going to be extremely successful and people are going to really enjoy working with you. It's going to take your business to a new level. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. That's been really great to hear your thoughts and everything on it. And I uh, wish you all the best with um, your new team. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Come on, come on.